If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 197 featuring the Genesis Invitational on the PGA Tour. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's golf betting action. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit BeGambleAware.org for more information and, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, tournament strokes gained analysis, tournament form stats, and our PGA Tour predictor model. All of these features, like this podcast, are all completely free of charge with no paywall. We're on Twitter. Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. I must say, we also put a, a podcast video on YouTube as well. So if you're a bit like me, a bit addicted to YouTube, you can listen to the podcast on our Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel as well. Right. Five-star review time, guys. It's a good one this week. Um, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts as ever. For those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. If you leave your name and where you are in the review, I'll also read that out too. These reviews are absolutely vital for the like, the like well, the likability on uh, search engines of our pod. If you basically, if you don't give us five stars, Apple won't distribute and advertise the podcast as much. So please keep them coming. Right, this one, best golf podcast on the entire internet is the uh, title, five stars. Quite simply, the best pod for golf. Outstanding three golf minds and tons of stats and analysis. A touch of second-itis for the guys lately, but things will change soon. I'm still trying to get over Zalatoris blowing things at Torrey on Sunday. Keep up the good work, lads. That is from Luke, and Luke is in Glasgow. So, Luke, much appreciated. Your five-star review. Oh, very sweet, that one, I thought. Yeah. That's a whopper. Very good. And... Uh... Perhaps it was a lucky omen there, Steve, um, seeing as that your second-itis um, seems to have turned a corner last week with uh, with Mr. Scheffler. It finally disappeared, didn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Should we, should we go through this? Should we go through this? McNeely mm. second, Wolf second, Morikawa second, Cograg first, Hughes second, Hoagie second, Zalatoris second... And now we've got Scotty Too Hotty Scheffler first. That's all this season on the PGA Tour. Lovely stuff. It was nice to actually get a playoff winner. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you, you get them into position, Steve, and uh, you, you can you can take a horse to water, can't you? And then the the, the rest of it's got to take care of itself. And I guess when you get into that kind of position, it's um, you know you're going to get some variance with uh, some some good weeks, some bad weeks. But uh, if you keep putting them in position, which is all you can do really on a Monday afternoon, and uh, yeah. see what happens from there. But no, cracking pick. Well done. Very very Thank good. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, I, I must admit, when he missed that five footer in regulation to win it outright, um, I thought that was it. But um, no, he uh, he stuck to it and, uh, and ground can't lay down in the end. And the nice nice putt to uh, to win it on the uh, what was it the third extra hole, wasn't it in the end? But yes. I have to say, Cantlay wasn't exactly playing the golf that winners at Phoenix play. Hmm. I'm just, I'm really annoyed. Well, he was only. This is it, uh, and we and we said the greens in regulation is king at Phoenix. Yeah. It's a real ball striking track. He was forty second for greens in regulation. Cantley. He actually missed twenty two of twenty two of seventy two green. Uh, Scotty Scheffler was in the top eleven for greens in reg. What what both of them were doing outstandingly well is putting crazily well. Cantley was and Cantley was doing this all through the FedEx Cup, wasn't he? It was all putter, putter, putter. He was sixth for strokes game putting, but he was actually beaten this week. Scotty Scheffler was second for strokes game putting. So it was the putter that... And that, is, that isn't really Phoenix like. We always said Phoenix, it tends to be a course where bad putters win. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice to get one over the line. Very nice. The, the course played great last week. Um, I, I, backed oh, Cantley and, I backed Cantley and running thinking this guy is a stone cold, cold killer. And man, there were some weak putts. Yeah, you know when they when you really didn't need weak putts and that. Uh, yeah, I love I love that Phoenix setup. When you, when you, when you see the weather forecast, when you see the weather forecast, and you, you know, clearly it's in um, <laughs> it's in Arizona. It's it's not exactly um, Cornwall in terms of its uh, rain. <laughs> I was going to say the west coast of Ireland, Barry, but I didn't. But equally, when applicable. you see that when you see that the course superintendent's got full control of that course and the amount of water on that course is all down to him you just know at phoenix that they do like that course to get nice and frisky i wouldn't say firm but frisky Good just words, enough yeah. release on those greens where it's you could see it on thursday couldn't you there were guys shooting four or five over and that that's just you know that's your aim and hit it guys where if the ball isn't stopping on greens a lot of these players just don't like it do they they just give up mm. yeah there was there was enough in that course to make it really interesting that's why you get that 15 16 under total tends to win there every year but it does help identify the best players on the week you know the guys who are playing the best golf will e- more easily separate themselves from the rest of the field and you got a nice stretch. There was, um, if you were on it, you could score. Um, but there was disaster lurking if you didn't quite yeah. hit a great shot or got a little bit of an unlucky bounce, like let's say Tigala on um, seventeen. Um, yeah, hit a f- beautiful shot, got a an unlucky angle off his bounce, and that ball was gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a stack of room over to the uh, over to the right there as he looks at it off the tee, which you know. Most of the, most of the experienced sorts bail riot. They all do, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. And leave yourself I love that he went 30, for it. Forty yard chip. Yeah. I love that he went for it though. It was mm. such. It was he hit it so perfectly. He hit that little baby fade, and he may he maybe pulled it like five yards. 
but uh, the fact that he went for it is just is everything and uh, then you know the next time it might not bounce so horribly for him but uh, yeah. he was he was really really good to watch I'm gonna you know I'm looking forward to seeing him again very very soon he'll get he'll get a start next time out now because of the top 10 yeah 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 he's super impressive wasn't he and uh, you know dis- disappointed he, 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 you know of course he's dis- entitled to be disappointed at the end but um but yeah he'll come back we'll see lots the more in- of him. the interesting thing with Tigala is going to be when he when he's chalked up at 16 to 1 to win the Puerto Rico Open <laughs> yeah. what are we going to sit here and say are we going to sit here and go oh we're in, we're all in. Tigala gets his first PGA Tour victory. Of course, you know, where a lot of young talent, going back to Jordan Spieth, have done well. Or are we going, oh, I'm not touching that 16 or one. Oh, there's no way I'm backing him. Far too sure. It's going That's to what's going to happen. That, that guy's, a, that Tigala's a clearly a very, he didn't really collapse, did he? And he was leading no. from the outset. No. No. I mean, that, that shows a lot of mental strength for a youngster. He executes that shot on the. Um, excuse me. <coughs> he executes that shot there rather than going into the water, and um, he, you know he's very very strong favourite to win the golf tournament at that point. Yeah. He went for it. I mean, it's kind of Rory mm. McIlroy vibes, you know, going for the win. Um yep. And that's that's why we love watching Rory uh, time and time again. This, I mean, it's going to be hard to resist uh, compare, uh, comparing him to the the really elite young players like Hovland and Morikawa. But you know, there's you can see the potential there for him to mm. get himself into that conversation. Mm. Bring it on! Yeah. I can't wait to see more. Just what, so so much fun to watch. We've seen so often now. I mean, it's a well-trodden path, path, isn't it? John Rahm, you go back to Spieth in 2013. These players, when they hit, Zalatoris last year, second at the Masters. He had a string of top tens from a US Open debut where he finished in the top seven. I mean, it's crazy stuff. This Tigala, there's absolutely no reason why he's just going to disappear. Aren't you? Mm. This is the point. They're, 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 they're so well-developed and rounded before they hit the tour now. There's no reason this Tigala can't be contending in tournaments moving through the spring into in, you know towards the Masters. So yeah, he's going to be one to keep an eye on, I think. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about the DP World Tour, Paul, because I would have thought you might be willing to jump out of your um, out of your window. <laughs> but um, Ryan Fox, who you put up for the first tournament that they held there, was it Ras Ras Al Khaimah? Razel Kaimi, yeah. He, he missed the cut when you were on board, and of course he then romps home when you're not on him the second week. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he um, he had a putting tip after he missed the putt, uh, missed the cut from uh, Sean Norris. Just uh, had obviously observed him on the uh, putting greens and uh, had a little word in his ear and said, "Try this, uh, try this, Ryan. It might help your putting." Mm. Um, yeah, and then went wire to wire the following week. So. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I've backed Ryan Fox quite a lot over the last year or so, and I must have backed him four or five times, and it's kind of flattered to deceive. And then, yeah, you leave him alone. And I think I left him alone for the right reasons. He putted really poorly that first, particularly the first day at um, Alhambra um, on the the first of the two events, and as you say, missed the cut, and then came out the second week and didn't look back. Um, yeah, Adrian Aus, who. 
I mean, he was a long way away. It had taken an awful lot for Arnaus to to move um, and to really contend and push Ryan Fox on the Sunday. But it, you know, it wasn't insurmountable. If it if it had shot kind of a seven or an eight under um, going into the final day, then uh, he, he could have really put some pressure on. But uh, yeah, he just trod water all day on uh, Sunday. Yeah. And finishing that dreaded tie for ninth, which doesn't help anyone, does it? So. Um, yeah, rather disappointing. It's been actually, you know, there have been some positive things to pull out of the first few events in the DP World Tour this uh, this this year. But yeah, from a punting perspective, it's been oh, yeah. agonising. When you've got a player in second going in Sunday and they don't even bring you back an each way return, mm-hmm. it's absolutely gutting. So uh, yeah. we're with you on that one. Yeah. Anyway, now, dust ourselves down. We'll have a go at the uh, Kenya Open um, yeah, week after next. When is your next tournament? It's sort of yeah, 15, it's 15 weeks' time or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, the Kenya Open, which uh, is not next Thursday, the Thursday after. Um, okay. on, a new, on a new track, so uh, plenty of time to do some homework in the meantime. I heard they're in negotiations to play the Welling Garden City Open over in Hertfordshire <laughs> just to try and get a tournament on, but uh, clearly just to get something on the schedule. Yeah. Before we move on and talk about this Genesis Invitational, which is like a major championship, it's of such good quality. Just wanted to highlight there was some Twitter traffic late last night, and I literally just scrolled through it for thirty seconds, and there was no laying up stating that Bryson DeChambeau is telling other players that he's not going to play on the PGA Tour again. Did you see any of that on Twitter last yeah. night? Yeah, I think he's I think he's clarified it since, hasn't he? What's he so said? I think he's basically said that he's injured and that's why he's not playing, and um, anything else that's uh, to the contrary um, is just fabrication. So, but a pure clickbait from the uh, yeah. no up guys, yeah. Yeah, oh. that's essentially what he's implied. It was it was quite an aggressive response from Bryson, so um, it's he's got his goat clearly. But I wonder, is that clickbait from Bryson just drawing mm. attention to himself? He's not playing, so he's not being talked about, but he just he just throws out this little thing just to keep his name in the media. Mm. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be playing again on the tour until he's healthy. So it's easy yeah. to put a statement out like that and then just cut it and then let everybody interpret what they will from it. Yeah, He'd have undoubtedly played this week because he's played Riviera before and, and he's had good finishes here. So um, it's clearly an injury of sorts. And he's got the Arnold Palmer Invitational to defend in two weeks' time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So whether he can make that... I mean, that is, this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, Bryson, he, I think he's, 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 he's kind of an enemy to himself. You know, as soon as the Tour Championship was over last year, oh, I'm not going to play golf. I'm going to go out there and play these long drive competitions and try and be, you know, competitive in their World Championship. And then next thing you know, he's injured. It's like, well, surprise, surprise. That's just, it's all, you know, very, clearly he's a very unique character. Right, let's let's actually talk golf. That's what the that's what the punters are here for. Let's talk Genesis Invitationals, shall we? Um, I've got to say, it's a fantastic field. I mean, yep. uh, organised by the Tiger Woods Foundation, and um, everybody loves Riviera Country Club. It's a it's a classical. Uh, you were talking about the waste management Phoenix Open, Barry, and and how the course conditions were great there. The course mm. superintendent lets that dry, lets that ferment, makes it a bit spiky. I mean, unless something crazy happens with the weather, and it, unless all of the weather 
stats I've been looking at are completely incorrect. We're going to get exactly the same this week, which is really promising. I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen about two two millimeters of rain in Pacific Palisades, where this is located since the turn of the year. And we've seen many renewals here where the greens can get very, very spiky, very firm, almost that brown, purpley tinge to them. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have exactly the same this year. Um, I, you know, that this 10, 12 under kind of winning score really brings the cream to the top. Um, we've got, by my understanding, the way I work through it, I think we've got all of the top 10 here in the world. Yep. All yep. of the I've current, all of the current top, te- top 10. Uh, Scheffler's now broken into the top 10 with that win. Matsuama, Cameron Smith at 10. Uh, we've also got a situation where the world number one can change this week, uh, which isn't an uncommon thing in golf these days, which shows you how competitive it is. We've actually got a new situation here, though. Colin Morikawa could become world number one if he win if he wins this week and John Rahm finishes worse than Solo fourth. And it's exactly the same now with Patrick Cantlay. He can be Patrick Cantlay, world number one. Who'd I'd never have suggested that even twelve months ago. He could become world number one if he wins, and John Rahm again finishes worse than Solo fourth. That is courtesy of Nosferatu at VC six oh six on Twitter. Always give him a follow for all of your world ranking information. So yeah, Cantlay and Morikawa clearly in the hunt for world number one if they win, and clearly. Uh, they're very, very close to the top of the market this week. Ram at 9-1. to one. Cantley at 12s. Justin Thomas, the man that can never sink in terms of his odds. 16-1, to one, Thomas, <laughs> this week. I'm sure there was a little bit of 16-1 to one around early last week on Thomas. Dustin Johnson at 16s. We've then got Colin Morikawa, who is an 18-1 to one chance. Right. Before we get into the detail around the course, I just want to highlight a couple of bookmaker angles this week. The first to highlight, and this is what this won't be a surprise to anyone, if you want those additional each way places to the maximum, Boyle Sports, 10 places each way again this week, a 50 odds with Boyle Sports. They are offering an additional two places more than anyone else this week. So 10 places are caught the odds with Boyle Sports. Yes, you're not getting the best prices. But deeper down in the markets, you're getting some each-way players there and a full 10 places each way. So that's an angle to look at. Now, I've got a new angle as well. And we were talking about this off mic a few weeks ago. It was really, really evident that Bet365 have stepped up to the mark in terms of trying to offer the very best price on golf. So one thing we've noticed so far this golfing year is how Bet365 are dominating on player odds across both the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour events. So we started to record best player odds from the week of the Farmers Insurance Open, and that was also the week of the Dubai Desert Classic in January. Bet365 have been best price on 778 of 840 players across six individual tournaments. That is best price or joint best price on 93% of those combined fields. Pretty impressive. Mm. So for those of you wanting the best player odds, we would recommend giving Bet365 a look. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, 
You can find details of their current bet £10, get £50 in free bets, new customer offer, and key terms and conditions in this podcast description. We have this debate all along, don't we? You've got the guys that want the most each-way places, and you want the guys that want the very best odds. So there you go, Boyle Sports Best Places and Bet365 over the last six individual tournaments, they've been best priced on 93% of the of the combined fields. Very, very noticeable. Bet365 are absolutely all over it on price right now. Yeah, yeah. As you say, it sticks out like a sore thumb, doesn't it? When you look at the um, you look at the markets, and so, I mean, in this field, it's a 120 man field. So, if each way places are your angle, then Ten places from a field of one twenty is, um, you know, it's a strong proposition. It's undoubtedly a strong proposition. I'm, I'm a sucker for prices. You know, you guys, you, pull me, you guys pull me up on it every week. You're going to pull me up on it when I talk about my uh, <laughs> the guys that I've backed as well. I'm, I'm prepared for this this week, but uh, the 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 prices are again, it's it's just each for their own, isn't it? But I, you know, three six five stick rigidly to this five places each way, quarter the odds, and that's their position. Yep. Um, they've gone very, very aggressive with price, as you've just highlighted. Ninety three percent of all the all the uh, all the players as best price um, on three six five recently is is really strong. Um, yeah, I, I I don't mind so much taking five each way and a quarter when it's a shorter field like this. Um, mm. Personally, if I'm if I'm getting a strong reward for getting it right. But uh, each for their own, some really good angles of attack this week. Um, so do check, do do have a little shop around before you place your bets this week. Make sure you're getting the best of both worlds or either world, depending how you see it. Five places each way and best price or 10 places each way. And of course, you've got different uh, positions in between those. But yeah, it's nice mm. to have all these angles. It's something that, you know, across golf betting now, we've never had a... A, a, such a competitive marketplace in terms of price or each way places and the combination of those. So you know, it's great from a golf punting perspective. Right. Boyles have country... been just Sorry, one Barry. final thing I've noticed. Boyles have been doing something interesting the last few weeks that they are running concurrent books. So they'll have their standard market for whatever their number of places are for that week. So let's say it's 10 this week. And they'll have a market with five or six places, a market with eight places and a market with 12 places. Now, you, you do get punished on the price quite severely for the 12 places, but if that's what you're after, then there's they're, they're serving up a market for you. So it's, um, it's the, all, the, cho- the choice is great. We mm. also had a query last week on our Facebook group. A guy just, he was, he was a top 10, top 20, top 40 better. And he said, is there, a, you know, because he, he was getting, uh, as you do in that kind of market, he was getting reduced for ties in quite regular basis. Mm. So we highlighted to him Bet Fred because on top ten and top twenty markets with Bet Fred, it pays full on ties. They're That's the only big. bookmaker in the UK that does it. Now, yes, and and oh yeah, but actually, we looked at the prices that Bet Fred were offering compared to a, a lot of the other bookmakers, and yes, they were slightly reduced. But in a lot of cases, it was a half a point here, half a point there, mm. point there. And you're getting full tyres on top tens and top twenties. That's massive with Betfred. Yeah, and, and that's a, a thing well, that so you know, a thing that doesn't get heavily advertised, but it's out there, and they've done it for years, yeah. haven't they, Paul? 
Yeah, they have. Yeah, and, and you're right, Barry. That's uh, you know, the Boils have been dipping their toe in the water with this kind of um, differential, you know, leaving the choice to the punter as to which market they they see fit. And uh, I think that just shows you, you know, all of those different angles that you've just talked or we've talked through there. That um, it's such a competitive market at the moment, and uh, the, the bookies mm. are you know, trying all sorts of different things to uh, to, to get your business. And um, be fascinating to see what they all pull out of the Masters. You know, again, an even shorter field, what 90, 95 players. Um, you know, I, I, well, we'll have to wait and see what the uh, the, the yeah. different propositions are. But uh, it's usually one of the you know the, the best betting heats in terms of narrowing a field down. And if we're getting some really strong terms as a result of uh, it being the first major of the year, then, uh, mm. yeah, very much looking forward to that week. It's quite clever what Boyles are doing. You know, they're not just differentiating themselves from the rest of the bookies on in terms of places. Yes, they're doing that as their primary offer, but they're kind of saying, hey, we can be your one-stop shop for the different types of bets you want that week. Mm. So yep. uh, yeah, clever boys. That's and if, if we're not if we're not getting fifteen places as a standard for the Masters, then <laughs> I think I think the bookies are really doing us all a disservice. <laughs> we, of course, listeners, we will be all over it for the Masters, which uh, we're just about to head into the Florida swing. So the Masters is only uh, I can almost see it over the horizon. It's coming, right? And this is a huge step this week towards the Masters. I think this is where. A lot of the elite in the field will be trying to get their game up into a real, you know, in, into a great position with the Masters in mind. And you've got a lot of good players in here who haven't won for a period of time. So, Riviera Country Club, the Genesis Invitational, Pacific Palisades, Los Angeles, California. It is a Neville and Thomas 1926 original with a Fazio renovation in 2008. It's a classical golf course. It's tree-lined. It's par 71, 7,322 yards. We uh, we record that as a medium-length golf course. Kikuyu grass fairways, Kikuyu grass rough. The rough is never long here, two inches, but Kikuyu grass, very sticky. The only other course on the PGA Tour that has Kikuyu grass, or regular stop-off, of course, is Torrey Pines South, or Torrey Pines as with North Course as well. Um, greens themselves are quite chunky, 7,500 square feet on average. They used to be a mix of bent and poa, but they've clearly let the poa um, dominate now. They're, they're now classified as pure poana greens. I know the, ter- the term pure and poana doesn't really go together, but they're poana greens. There's no bent in them. Um, it's just always a decent test. I'm just looking here at the scoring averages. It's you know 71.21, 71.76, 71.26. Last year, 71.21. So the course plays over par every year. It's stretching. Um, I've got a full list here of Tom Fazio designs or redesigns on the betting preview. Again, there's a link in the description box to my full betting preview this week. Courses in there like Conway Farms, where they played the BMW Championship in the past. Caves Valley last year, the BMW Championship, where they had that head-to-head. Uh, guess what? Bryson DeChambeau was in that for me. He finished second. Uh, that was the BMW Championship uh, Shadow Creek, the CJ Cup in 2020. Summit Club, the CJ Cup in 2021. So this season, that was a Fazio design. 
There's quite a few of them. He's also had input into Quail Hollow. He's had input into Merion, Oakmont, and the Seaside course where they play, play the RSM Classic every year. So lots of Tom Fazio correlating courses. Uh, Congaree was another one. Barry, you mentioned that to me off mic. Um, Corrales as well, where they played a Corrales Championship every year. Joel Damon was one that I had a good close look at this week, actually. Damon is a Corrales champion. The green, uh, the fairways are some of the hardest fairways to hit every year. Um, they are 26 yards wide at 300 yards carry off the tee. Um, that is two yards thinner than what we were seeing at Scottsdale last week. The other thing here is, a bit like Scottsdale, I get the feeling we're going to see some firm and fiery golf, um, firm, fiery, maybe not fiery, certainly a firm releasing golf course this week. Um, hitting fairways doesn't tend to be the premium here. Um, you read a lot of player comments about, oh, I don't, you know, hitting the fairway wasn't a priority, but I needed to be on the left side of the hole for the pin, and there's a lot of positioning around here. Um Hogan's Alley, Riviera Country Club. Um, clearly, you know that historical link to to Tom Hogan, Tom Hogan, Tom Hogan. <laughs> uh, in the past, what seems to be the key, key here, though? I mean, I'm going way, way back here to John Merrick of all people. I'm trying to remember the year Merrick won. I think it might have been 2013. John Merrick. Um, it all tends to be. When you boil down, it tends to be hold on for grim depth on the par threes and par fours and actually score well on the 12 looks at par fives. Because clearly the, the opening, there's a par five to open, isn't there, which is very, very easy. Um, yep. That's the easiest hole on the course. Merrick, he won in 2013 at 250 to one. But yes... I mean, Merrick, when he won, he, his 11-under total was made up of 11-under on the par fives. And you see a lot of that here. I mean, take last year, Max Homer won the tournament at 12-under par. He was 11-under for the par fives. So scoring on par fives is very, very important this week. Interestingly enough, if you look at Max Homer, he'd done very well for par 5 scoring the week before at Pebble Beach when he finished in the top 10. Mm. Now, that doesn't correlate, and it won't correlate on L, but you know, it's one of those angles you can look at. Who has actually scored well on par 5 so far this year? Could be an angle. It's just a brilliant classical golf course that's going to test them. There isn't a lot of wind in the forecast. There's certainly no rain. I just get the feeling you're going to get a typical Riviera course where the, the ball is going to roll forever on the fairways. The ball is undoubtedly going to release on those greens. And the thing that you see year in, year out, I mean, last year, John Rahm topped out greens in regulation, yeah? That number was 73.6% of greens in reg. He hit 50, 53 of 72 greens, and he topped greens in reg. So there's 19 greens there. Uh, my maths has always been... Yeah, 19 greens where John Rahm hasn't hit and had to scramble. And he topped out greens in regulation. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. for me, 
for me, if in a, in a normal situation where this golf course isn't soft, you've got to have a player that's strategic, misses on the right side of greens, and is also definitely, definitely at least average, if not slightly above average, in terms of around the green and scrambling. That's exactly where I'm at this week. You need yeah, a pro- proper all-rounder here. Yeah, I think so. And I think the, the, the years where it's firmer um, than, than others, I think that gets brought to the fore even more so here. And Yeah. yeah you know, in, in a renewal where it is really firm and fast, a lot of players are going to be, you know, far below that 73% number you talked about there. They're going to be in the 60, you know, 62, 65s at best, really, some of them. So um, if you're not hitting greens, you're going to have to bring that short game with you. Um, otherwise, you're going to be sinking down the leaderboard very rapidly. So I'm just looking, Paul, at last year's stat sheet for this. Mm. And I'm just looking at the around the green column. And the only person in the top 10 that was negative around the green was Victor Hovland. Yep. Everyone else has got positive numbers around the green. They keep, you know, they're, they're managing to get up and down. They're, they're making something happen with their short game. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. this isn't this for me isn't a pure. Last week for me was ball striking, total driving, straight and long, hit high GIR, get the job done. This week you've got to be more of a major championship play. You've got to have a short game because you are going to miss at the very least eighteen to twenty greens. And that's if you've got your ball striking boots on. Yeah, I'd, I'd and that's what puts me off, Victor Hovland. You know, I just this yeah. isn't this for me is where Victor Hovland's weakness comes to the fore. I, going back in, into your preview a bit further, um, you talked about some of the years that were kind of comparable, I guess, in terms yep. of uh, setup to this week, twenty fifteen, uh, which was the James Harn year, wasn't it? Six under. Yeah. Uh, 2018, which was Barber at 12 under, um, Adam Scott in 2020, 11 under, Max Homer last year, of course, at 12 under. So very consistent in terms of the winning score. Um, Hans, year six under, so it was... There was some wind involved on that, that, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit bit windier, but also firm that year. Um, Around the green, from 2018, 2020, 2021, the three winners ranked 6th, 17th and 9th for strokes gained around the green. So you really mm. did need to bring some short game with you that week. Strokes gained tee to green are picked out of your stats as well. Second, third, third for those three years, 2018, 2020, 2021, where the conditions are probably as comparable to this year um, as they were at the time then. So. Barry, Barry might be able to help me on this one because I know Barry, he's a bit a bit like myself, I'm very anally retentive when it comes to courses, agronomy and scoring conditions and the like. But I can remember last year being absolutely firm and fiery for the first three rounds. And then for whatever reason, the old PGO Tour got on the phone and said, oh, we need some scoring on Sunday. Because, I mean, round three, Matt Jones, 69, Matt Fitzpatrick, 69, and Talor Gooch, they were the best scorers on the Saturday. Two under par was the best score around this place. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, round four, it didn't rain overnight. Tony Finau shot a 64. And they didn't cut the greens. They didn't cut the greens. So all of a sudden, the green speed was a lot slower. 
it's yeah. So LA, you, you, jump, you jump from two under being the best score to seven under being the best score on the Sunday for TV. It's the the local Pacific Palisades fire department was out with a few trucks, Steve. Do you know? Potentially, yeah. Yeah, that's that's certainly. Uh, it's like they flipped the Saturday Sunday. They said let's have the moving day be Sunday. Um, yeah, and all of a sudden, Tony Finau shooting seven mm. under, Max Homer shooting six under. Now, the uh, interesting five thing, under rather with Adam Scott, John Rahm, and Scotty Scheffler. You know, it completely changes the course as soon as they wet, as soon as they moisten those greens. Yeah, it certainly um, changed the dynamic of the tournament quite a lot. There was there was some reasonably easy, well, not easy, but relative to the previous days, scoring for a lot of guys, and seen a lot of rounds in the sixties that day. Um, and and the guys that played really well, but you know, shot. Um, that ex those extra few shots lower and got themselves into the playoff. I that was that was a nice um that feels like the last successful golf bet I had, even though I know it's not true, but that <laughs> having Max Homa last year um was brilliant. And mm. yeah, I, you feel like that was when we felt like I guess Tony let slip a little bit. Um but Homer yeah. played a couple of unbelievable shots. So look, that's just the way it is. Um, what can you do? Like it's an entertainment product as well as a golf tournament. So I understand why they they threw a bit of water on the course to try let a few people make a charge on Sunday. It makes it makes it a bit more exciting um, on one side, but on the other side, you want to just see the progression of the course through the week and don't interfere with what nature is kind of and this the setup before the tournament has laid out to be the path for how it plays out. So yeah. the they, organisers they, that week, Barry, they said they didn't water the greens on Sunday, but well, maybe, uh, maybe they, they said didn't. they said they didn't cut the greens overnight. Well, there you go. That, if that's if that's way what they did, then so be it. Like, so you get the the greens receiving the ball a little bit, um, grabbing a little so. bit out of the air. It's not punching off the green and releasing out yeah. as much. Um, that's all you've got to do with the best players in the world, isn't it? Yeah, just that tiny little difference, maybe that little extra growth in the grass. Uh, you know, one foot less on the stint meter, and all of a sudden, um, these guys can drop a few more putts and uh, make a few more birdies. Look, it was really exciting, um, and I don't think it took away from the tournament. Um, if anything, it probably just, it did give it a bit of excitement. Bad scores were there if you hit poor shots um, on the week, uh, last year. So um, it sounds like it's as good a run-in in terms of weather as they could possibly want for controlling the course um, mm. to the nth degree and having it play as they would envisage it. So... Um, the only thing they have to avoid is a disaster situation where they let it go too far um, yep. and it gets too bouncy and you get unplayable parts of greens. But I think the, you know, in general, as the professional golf is kind of at that level has learned its lesson from letting courses go too far. So it, I, I, I'm expecting to see the usual kind of eight to 12 under winning score. Um, yep. That will be whoever, so. whoever shoots that will have earned it. Um, it's a court you don't just get there easily and you hang on to it especially if you're not if you're not like even if you're so like you're saying John Ram last year best GIR he was still scrambling four times around on slopey and uh, speedy greens which is that's challenging it's a grind and um, I picked up a quote this week from Max Homa saying Fred Couples texted him was texting him in advance of the tournament last year and saying the most important thing you could do um, when you're playing Riviera is to have patience just have patience yeah. and play and play solid golf. 
You've been reading my preview. I took a I took a lot from that. <laughs> I, I took might, a lot from have... that comment. Yeah. I took a lot from that comment. Here you go. My coach and caddy, Joe, we've had a mantra this week. This is Max Homer. Position over perfection. So we were just trying to leave it in the best spot all week. And I thought we did a really good job of that. So many of these golfers get the royal hump as soon as one of their shots turns bad or they get an unlucky bounce or, you know, instead of it being five foot from the pin, it becomes 15 and they just lose their minds. It's perfection. They they don't like it when something isn't exactly as they want it to be. This isn't that kind of test this week. You've got to get around this golf course. You've just got to soak it up, get on with it and play the course as it is. A lot of, play, a lot of players can't cope with that. But they're so used to it being the the opposite, uh, week in week out on on regular tour stops that they just they get their own way with a golf course and it complies yeah. with their wishes. And Completely this is one right. this is one that is a different type of test, and it's it's why it be we kind of would call it a major style test because it just has that little extra edge to it. I would say this might be the tournament on tour that players most want to win after the majors and the players. I'm struggling to think of another tournament other than national opens for individuals, but on the PGA Tour, I don't think there's another tournament that players want to win more. I th- yeah, I throw this out there. This one's probably level for me with uh, the Memorial Jacks tournament Yeah, in June. They're certainly on the same level, and you, you probably might throw Arnie Palmer's in there as well, Arnold Palmer's. But yeah, yeah they, 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 these are three, those three titles, they're all invitationals, aren't they? These are the titles that people want on their CVs. Yeah. And particularly when you've got a field as strong as it is this week, the players, you know, there's bragging rights there, isn't there? You, you're beating the best, um, you know, the 10 best players in the world right now. You can, you can we come out said, on top. We said last week, straight 67s around Scottsdale and you're going to be there or thereabouts. The winning mm-hmm. score was 16 under par. Now, my math is awful, but I unbelieve that straight 67s would have made you the winner. Yep. Well, the or got you in yeah. the playoff. Is that correct? Yep. Mm. I think this week, straight 68s, 12 under par, you're going to be right in the mix, mate. Twelve yep. is straight 68s, three days, or four days. That's the total. I'll tell you what else I was going to do. You know, I, we always look at strokes gained, just numbers of previous winners here, just to give the v- listeners a, an idea of what kind of players they need. I'm going to actually compare this week, the way the numbers have turned out, to last week at Phoenix. So straight, strokes going off the tee at Phoenix, the uh, the average rank of the champions there was 11th. The average week this uh, rank this week is 15th. So strokes gained off the tee, down four. Strokes gained on approach was fifth last week in Phoenix. This week, it's 11th. Strokes gained around the green, 30th in Phoenix, 24th this week. At Riviera, just showing that the around the green game has got to be better. Tee to green, fifth and fourth. Putting's interesting. Phoenix, strokes going, uh, the champions there, the average was strokes going putting, 21st in the field. This week, it is 12th in the field. So, you've got to be a decent Poana putter. You've got to be well above average against the field this week in terms of your strokes gained on these Parana greens. Yep. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good putter. What it does mean is that you are the kind of person, again, almost like that 
that quote about perfection and position, it's all about getting on with the breaks that you get on Poana Greens because you're going to get some bad ones. You're going to miss putts, but you just got to get on with it and stay positive on the greens. Otherwise, you might as well go home like Kevin Kisner on Poan. <laughs> Beat him before he starts. So yeah, you've got to be you've got to have a good week with the putter this week to win this. Yeah, well, well yeah, relative to the rest of the field. Yeah, yeah absolutely. In a, in a way, that kind of lends itself you know, the way you've described it. There, it kind of lends itself to players that aren't quite as good putters in general. Because if you you know on Poana, you're gonna you're gonna miss yeah. putts. And uh, you know the the world's best putters can easily get frustrated if they're missing putts that they think they should be making. Yeah. Um, whereas the guys who are kind of middling to 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 kind of less adept putters, uh, they're, they're more more attuned, more used to missing those putts anyway. So uh, perhaps it's well, Bub- Bubba Watson's a three time champion here. That that yeah, kind exactly. of says everything, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Adam Scott won here in twenty twenty. Yep. Yep. They're not great putters, are they? Never will be, but. On certain greens, on certain courses, once that putter clicks and their ball striking is where it tends to be, you know, very, very mm. high end. Great approach play. Yep. Right. I'm just going to take listeners through. We uh, Strokes Game Breakdown every week, completely free of charge at Golf Betting System, where, Paul, you go, go right back to 2016 and pull in all the Strokes Game data for the field on this particular course. Yep. I'll take you through the top 10. Talor Goot, this is Strokes Game Total. It's all there across all skill facets. Talor Gooch, Taylor Gooch, 10. Bubba Watson, 9. There's a surprise. 8 is Wyndham Clark. 7 is Xander. 6 is Patrick Cantlay. Top 5, John Rahm at 5. Adam Scott at 4. Victor Hovland from one outing at 3. He he ranks number 1 for off the tee, tee to green and ball striking. There's a surprise. Two is Max Homer, and number one, no one's going to be surprised, Dustin Johnson. Also in my preview, I list winners on Poana and Bent Poana Mixed Greens since 2008. Dustin Johnson has 11 of those victories, Bubba Watson on six, Rory McIlroy and John Rahm on four, and then on three, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth. So these those are guys that perennially win on this these putting surfaces. Should we start talking about who we've actually backed this week? Yes. The thing with this was, uh, I have to say, I was more. I was more involved at the sort of deeper prices this week. I was far more interested in deeper prices. Uh, I tell you, uh, it's all very, 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 very easy to to get really hooked up on one of the top end guys that's going to win this week because it's such a high quality field. You just think, well, it's going to have to be top one of the top six, eight in the in the betting has to be. But actually, when you look at the history of this tournament, it isn't. <laughs> you do get those winners. I mean, Steve Stricker won here at 16 to 1 in 2010. He was number three in the world when he won here. Mm. Yeah? Yep, yep. But then, I mean, last year's a great example, isn't it? Max Homer was 91st in the world, and you were on board, Barry, 60 to 1. 
Adam Scott was in the top 13 in the world when he won here in 2020. Coming off, this was his first tournament of 2020. Hadn't played on the PGA Tour, but he'd won the Australian PGA Tour back home in the winter. He won here at 33 to 1. And then we've got JB Holmes, won pretty much out of nowhere in 2019, 150 to 1. So 150, 33s, and 60s, the last three winners here. Bubba Watson in 2018 was 50 to 1. Yeah, even with his. So it's not, it's, not scream, it's not screaming John Rahm to me at mm. 9 to 1. The past eight renewals, the average price of the winner is 70 to 1. If I go back to 2010, the average price of the winner here is 81 to 1. So you look at that market, you look at the top of that market, it's like any major, isn't it? You look at all those guys. How, how, do, I, how do I separate John Rahm, Patrick Cantley, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, all these players? How do you separate them? Any of them are capable of winning. Statistically, they all very high profile on any stats you look at because they're going to be. So I actually started my card and and actually had players in my mind that I was going to tip up lower down in the betting so the first player I uh, the first tip I actually wrote this week which was on Sunday for this was Christian Bezadenhout um, I managed to get him a point each way at 90 to 1 with Betfred 8 place each way if you back him right now with Bet365, he's 100 to 1 with Bet365. Five places each way, a quarter of the odds. Christian Bezadenhu. And Paul, you, you're, you're clearly, you, you follow the European Tour, DP World Tour. Mm. You've always said to me, and when you look at his results, it's so, so true. Christian Bezadenhu, always look out for him when, firstly, his longer games in good shape, because. Yep. We all know with Bezade and who he's around the green game and putting is phenomenal. But he can be very, very errant off the tee and very inconsistent with his approach play. You also said to me, watch for him on shorter courses that are tree-lined and kind of old-style, classical. And I've Absolutely. had the, I've had, I've had who in mind for this since the turn of the year. Because Riviera, to me, would be pretty much perfect for what he performs on. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean if you look back to those it kind of he had that purple patch a couple of years ago, didn't he, where he won uh twice back to back on the uh, European Tour as it was at the time. Yeah. And uh, his long game over those two weeks was just outstanding. He he was topping all of the long game categories. Uh, typically when he's playing um, his average game, he's very, very good around the greens and um, on the greens themselves. And if you get those that combination where he's just it's just clicked with his long game, he's just found that missing ingredient with his driver or with his irons. Um, he's a very, very capable player. And I know a, a number of people have backed him and put him up um, for for major championships. And I think when it all aligns, I think he really will push for a major championship. But yeah, going back to your point about this course setting up for his strengths absolutely I'm, I'm with you Steve I I think Bersweden hopes a, a very good each way bet this week and uh, like yourself um, I'm, I'm on board with him this week you say that about his his um, major um, ceiling fifth after mm. 54 holes at Kiowa yep 
last year, and he was ninth after 54 holes at Torrey Pines. And going into both of those tournaments, his long game was a mess. But that's the point. He's a short game wizard, isn't he? Short game and putting, one of his strengths. And he's again, he's one of these guys that just hangs around, can play positional golf, scramble, makes pars, moves on to the next hole. I think if you, I mean, we've got limited experience and limited exposure on the PGA Tour, and I've been I've been quite impressed with what he's done. He's had little runs, and lots of people have been mentioning and tipping him up. But they don't. I suppose they don't really know where his strengths are. But you, you know, he's playing some reasonable golf at the moment on the PGA. Seventeenth, fortieth, forty sixth at the Farmers, and fourteenth last time out at Pebble Beach. He actually closed with two bogey free rounds around Pebble, sixty six, sixty nine. And you and you said about his uh, long game, he was actually. Um, first for accuracy and eighth for greens in regulation when they played at Torrey Pines a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Spot so he's got his, his long game's in decent shape. Mm. So yeah, Christian Bezayden. really does. Yeah. I think he's dangerous. Yeah, he's got no course experience. That that will play against him. But I think this this is the kind of course that he'll go well at. He, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You, you mentioned that as well. He won, didn't he win? Um, he won uh, two titles in South Africa, didn't he? South yep. African Open. And he won oh, yes, before yeah. that, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was back end of the year, a couple of years ago, I think, yeah. He won the Alfred Dunhill at Leopard Creek and then the week after South African Open at Gary Player Country Club. Don't forget, his first win on the European Tour, as was, was at um, Valderrama. Yep. <laughs> now, if you want a short, claustrophobic, classical tree-line golf test, Valderrama's pretty much one of the best in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've not got the numbers to, to to hand, but from memory, that week it was all about his short game and putting. Um, you know, which, which shows you how he's capable of getting over the line in different ways. Um, you know, I it, there's there's some ridiculous putting numbers that came out of that week from memory. He may he may even have gone under a hundred putts for the week. It was um, it was just outstanding. And then you know you look at those South African events that you mentioned, and it was all about the uh, the long games. So. You get those weeks where he puts it all together, very, very dangerous. And yet you're getting the fact that he's a, a course debutant this week built into the price and 80 to 100 to 1, depending how you like to play it this week. But um, yeah. uh, each way punt, um, each way punt of the week for me, Christian Bezade note. Another guy I tipped up was um, we went for Lanto Griffin. Now, Lanto Griffin, I got one uh, point each way, 80 to 1, eight place each way again with Bet Fred. He is available right now at 110 to 1 with Bet365, five places each way, quarterly odds. So the best eight places price I got was 80 to 1 on Griffin. He is available 30 points bigger with Bet365 right now, yeah. which tells you that a lot of the extended each way books do not want to take money this week on Lanto Griffin. And I can see why, because Griffin's approach play right now is outstanding. Ninth, 23rd and 4th for strokes gained tee to green in 2022, so far on the PGA Tour, on his three outings. He's ranked 12th, 12th and 11th for strokes gained on approach across those three outings. And whenever you look at Lanto Griffin and you look at his record, he's a PGA Tour winner. I think he won the 2019 Houston Open, which if I remember going way back, it was actually one of these rarities on the PGA Tour, especially in the fall, 
and they do this down in Houston, they actually let the golf course get firm and fast. So he actually won in firm and fast conditions down in Houston in 2019. But you look at Lanto. So far this season, he's in his sixth at the Shriners' Open, seventh at the Zozo Championship they played over in Japan, and third at the American Express in January. So he can mix it at the very top of leaderboards, and just look at his. I, I just look at his West Coast form. It's underlying everywhere. Thirteenth and thirteenth at Kapalua, seventh at Wyalai, third at PGA West. He's had a twelfth and a seventh at Torrey Pines. I do love this crossover with Torrey Pines because of the Kikuyu and the Poana greens. You see that with a lot of champions here. Even Max Homer. Max Homer had finished um, sixth at Wyalai at the Sony Open prior to winning this. He'd finished ninth at Torrey Pines. He also had a 7th and a 10th at Pebble Beach prior to winning here at Riviera, where he'd finished 5th prior to winning. So I just love any kind of carryover I can see with Pebble or Torrey Pines and South. I like it. So Lanto, Lanto Griffin, he's just statistically playing nicely. One of those guys that doesn't get a lot of attention, although I know that he's a very keen DraftKings play if, if, if he's priced at the right levels on DraftKings, Griffin. Um, I just, I just, I took him at eighty to one this week, Griffin, with those eight places, uh, and another one at deeper prices. And we knew he was going to be a lot deeper than he usually is because he isn't a PGA Tour member at the moment. Is Thomas Peters? I got Thomas Peters a point each way, sixty-six to one with Paddy Power on Thomas Peters. You can grab him right now with Bet Three Six Five at eighty. 8 0 to 1, five places each way, courtly odds on Thomas Peters. Now, Thomas Peters played here in 2017, the year I was on Dustin Johnson at 9 to 1, and Thomas Peters was second. And you just look at Thomas Peters. So far this year, he's won in Abu Dhabi. He's now back into the top 50 in the world. Um, he actually went to the University of Illinois, where he had a very strong amateur career, winning the NCAA Division I Championship and the Big Ten Conference individual honours in consecutive years, that NCAA victory was here at Riviera Country Club. And when you look at the limited amount of starts that Peters has had in America, the, the results are just unbelievable, really. Um, 2017, he finished second here. He then went on to finish uh, fifth at the WGC Mexico Championship, which they play on Poana Greens, up at Chapultepec. He was fourth at the Masters as a rookie, in 2017, fourth at the WGC Bridgestone Invitational at Firestone on, again, bent grass, Poana Greens. And then 2018, he was sixth at the 2018 PGA Championship, which they played that year at Bell Reeve Country Club in St. Louis. So you give him a classical hard golf course, and Peters tends to come to the fore. I think he's playing some really good golf at the moment. What, I mean... <laughs> You can't compare prices, Paul, but have we been seeing him on the DP World Tour being priced up a 12 to 1 favourite and stuff recently? Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit deeper than that, but not much. But yeah. I know this is a level or five above that, but 66 or 80 to 1 on Peters this week. Yeah. No, he's been an outstanding form um, over on the DP World Tour and a couple of wins over the last last few months and got himself right back into the world top 50, hasn't he? Was he in yeah. around about 38, 40 or something in that kind of bracket now? So um, right where he belongs, you know, he should be really. He's an outstanding player. Really good from tee to green at the moment as well. So, um, yeah, I can see your logic with this one. 
I'm going to cross over to you two. Any players, 66, 80s, 100s, three three digits that you guys are going for this week? Yeah, I've got a few. Go on, you go first, Barry. Um, in, in a surprising turn of events, Barry doesn't have any three-digit players picked this week as of right now. What's going recording. on? What's I, going on? Well, I'm, sw- I'm swapping places with Steve this week. I- I'm actually, I've got somebody in the shorter odds. I mean, not cri- criminally short, but uh, you you, go, go, you share uh, your three yeah. digits there, Paul. And <laughs> I was saying, I, I've only got players in this bracket, so um, I'll be spent by the time I've gone through mine. Um, I'm on uh, Buzzway note, as we, we said, Steve. Um, Paul Casey I've backed, so you're going to have to get him off your... Uh, I'm not getting him off anything, mate. Boo! (laughs) Paul Casey. I must admit, the only thing I will say about Paul Casey is he was an attractive price this week. Yeah, it's um, one of these dilemmas. 60 to 1, 8 places, or 75 with with 5. I've gone for the longer price because I'm a sucker for a price, but... uh, each to their own, isn't it? I mean, but I, he really caught my eye actually on your your numbers, your rolling stats. First for strokes gain around the green, second for strokes gain teaser green recently. And if you uh, you break that down, his last three recorded rounds: sixth, fourth, and ninth for teaser green. First, fifth, and fifteenth for around the green. So both of those key aspects, which I'm looking for this week, because I think it's going to play similar to those events um historical events where it's been firm and fast i think those two aspects around the green and tee to green are going to be pretty critical this week and uh, he's in a he's really good shape with both of those so that caught the eye for me i think the challenging conditions suit him he won twice at cophead in well it's typically firm there at cophead isn't it eight under and ten under he won very much so Um, yeah houston you mentioned he won that uh, back in 2009 at 11 under so his three PGA Tour wins between eight and eleven under is absolutely mm. in the uh, the right position and uh, right it area is. for this week. I think. Yeah. A uh, couple of elite company wins, or not wins, and performances last year. Fourth at the US PGA, eighth at the US Open. Um, recent form is a bit iffy, and I guess that's why you're getting the price on him. But I don't, I, I'm not sure it's that disastrous. Ninth at the Earth Course back end of last year. Sixteenth uh, in Singapore, he was fully expected to mop up in Singapore, and he opened with a seventy-six that week. So um, that didn't happen after. But you know, after that, he wasn't too bad. Twelfth uh, at the Dubai Desert Classic, he was fifth going into Sunday, and twenty-fourth uh, in Saudi on his last start. Although he did shoot a sixty-four in the third round, that was the best round of the day. So a little spark of form there from Paul Casey. And uh, if you look at his course form, second here in twenty fifteen. Um, at Riviera, he lost in that playoff, that three-man playoff to James Hahn uh, with DJ as the other one in the uh, playoff, I think, wasn't it, from memory? Uh, that was firm and fast that week, 2015. Mm. A little bit more wind, as you mentioned earlier. So, But yeah, I, I, I thought Casey was well worth taking on the price out there this week. Um, that's kind of from a ball-striking angle. T- turning that on its head, I've also backed Patrick Reed, um, And again, the price, 90 to 1, I took at five I places know. this week. How mad is that? Ninety to one on Patrick Reed. You know, it's the kind of player I, I just can't cannot ignore him at that price. I can't ignore him. So yeah, he's in. I'm, I've I've backed him. And um, recent form again, a bit indifferent. Re- very recently, but if you go back to the back end of last year, second at the Bermuda Championship, third at the um, at the Hero as well, wasn't he? And you know, if you look at his form. What, 15th Kapalua, poor opening round there. That's what did him. 
um, 55th, 55th at the American Express. That's a birdie fest. That's not really his bag. Um, not at the moment with the game, shape of his game. 46th at the Farmers, but he did shoot a 66 in the second round there. And then uh, 38th in Saudi, that's nothing to write home about. But he was ninth to halfway. So, you know, within those performances, there are a few signs of life in there as well. And I think it might be a little bit better than it looks, his form, really. Course form's poor, miscut 59th, 51st. So, again, you put those two aspects together, you can see why he's further down the list this week. But... Uh, but he was seventh after day one last uh, last time he played here, 2020. I think the firm conditions this week really do play to his strengths. Um, mm. Fourth at... I always, uh, have, I always have him in mind for a US Open. Yeah, I'll always absolutely. moan. I'll always moan about him at... Um, oh, mine, at wing foot in 2019, or 2020, when he was yeah. leading after 36 holes and I was getting excited. I, I always go through this story, don't I? I went yeah, into the yeah. pub that Saturday, that Saturday night, and he, he then started going double bogey, bogey, yeah, bogey, so. double bogey, and I'm just sitting there with my wife, going, "Oh my god," and my friends, you know? just swearing. That's the guy that I thought was going to win this, and literally he's six over par. As I'm sitting there having a sort of nightcap, <laughs> yeah, not good. Yeah. Yeah, Game over. It, but yeah, yeah, he's a US Open sort, isn't he? I mean, clearly yeah, he won I at Torrey Pines yeah. last year, didn't he? He did. He won at Torrey Pines. He, he won at Doral. That was that was tough the year. He won at Doral. That was single figures, yeah, blowy. Four, four or five hundred something like that. He won, didn't he? So, mm. um, yeah. If you look at some other, some other bits, I picked out second at the um, twenty seventeen US PGA Championship at Quail, and again, that's a firm, yeah, you know, typically firm classical Fazio design or Fazio input at least, isn't it? You know, tough tough setup usually. Um, second yep. that year. Uh, can putt on Parana as well. And you mentioned uh, Chapultepec. He won there. He was first for strokes game putting mm. the year that he won. Uh, first for strokes game putting on the par at the uh, 2019 Farmers as well. Mercurial around the greens, isn't he? Um, you know, I think he's, he's the kind of player, if we were talking about greens in regulation numbers earlier, he's the kind of player who's going to be 60-ish in, term, you know, in, in terms of his greens and regulation percentage this week, 60, 65 maybe. But if everyone else is down at that kind of no. level, then Patrick Reed has yep. got the, uh, this got the is short the game time You're absolutely right. Where people like a Reed, a Matthew Fitzpatrick, a Jordan Spieth are very much in play because mm. all of the greens in regulation merchants are getting sucked closer to the greens in level that they're hitting yep. and they're far better short games. You're absolutely right. A Reed, a Spieth, a Matt Fitzpatrick, they're all in play this week. Yeah, I had a really close look at Spieth. Very yeah, close I think, look at Spieth. Yeah, it does. It kind of it kind of equalises those uh, the field in terms of those approaches and skill sets, doesn't it? And if, if everyone's missing a third of greens or thereabouts, then... Uh, it's uh, it brings you know, you've either got to be absolutely nailing it from tee to green and you know taking your chances when you when you're missing or you're doing a, a Patrick Reed Houdini show around the greens and, uh, and getting yourself up and down from everywhere and uh, maintaining or improving your score as a result of that so so yeah Reed's in I've, I've so Reed and um, the final one that I've backed is has been quite popular on Twitter and quite rightly as well I think and um, Francesco Molinari I've backed 125 I did play take eight places each way with Molinari 
Um, I think it was 150 with 365 for five, but a uh, bit of a longer shot. I thought I'd take the eight places with him. Um, he was also second in that PGA Championship um, in 2017 at Quail that I talked about a second ago. Yeah. The reason with Francesco, and this was kind of picked up in his uh, in the commentary last year, um, he's a member here at Riviera. It's his home course now. He moved over to, to LA um, ahead of last year's tournament. And uh, it always got a really poor record here and then finished eighth, I think it was, last year, um, having practised and uh, you know been far more involved with the course in the lead-up to the event. And, and a year further down the line, um, he should have plenty of practice, particularly in these conditions that we're expecting this week. And uh, yeah, you know, I wonder if he can put that knowledge to some kind of uh, decent effect this week and uh, and get himself into the each way positions. Uh, sixth at the Amex recently, um, so this is a bit of recent form. Um, fifth after day one at the um, uh, the Farmers recently as well, opened with a sixty six, closed with sixty eight at Phoenix last week. He actually made over a hundred putt, hundred foot of putts. I counted on his back yeah. nine on Sunday in Phoenix. Um, so mm. that should give him some confidence coming into this. And yeah, I think he's got his putt, his putting is actually his best facet of his game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a bet for you. Here's a bet for you. Twenty five to one. To be top European, and you're getting four places each way. Mm. I think he's a great play, top twenty markets or that kind of European market. Yep. If I was backing him each way, I know you clearly won't. I would personally take every single place on offer on yeah. um, mm-hmm. Molinari. Go the tens with yeah. um, balls at hundred <laughs> to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's because it's because it's been so long since he's won. And he he yeah. was in the doldrums, and it just coming back to jumping into a victory straight away, or even just hanging on to that top few spots as yeah. we we see time and time again, it's difficult. So yeah, Paul, I'm yeah, so prou- take- I'm so proud of you for taking the extended places. Good job, buddy. <laughs> take at least, every at place have, available. At least you'll have peace of mind. Yeah, at least he's a, he's a great tip. He, he was he's a member there. He's going to always be tipped up this week. He is a great bet, as many places as you can get, because you can just see Molinari finishing tied ninth with six others. <laughs> That's why I think that European market's an interesting one. 25 to 1 top European with four places each way. Mm. Mm. I, I mean, I, I can I like, see that. I, I, like the extent, I like the maximum each way places. Get them at 125s, 150, because then you get 25 to 1 on your place payout there. And he doesn't yeah. need to well, be. He's a hundred. He does, He's a hundred to one with boils right now. Ten places each way. Yeah. See, there, I'd probably take that. I probably will because you just get the extra couple of places. So, um, yeah, I think you've talked me into Frankie. As I was, I was doing a bit of digging while you were talk, guys were talking there, and Frankie was kind of popping. I was like, Do you know, and it, it's probably an affinity bet because he's just a very likable guy, and you you yeah. want him to be back up there. And so, yeah, I'm, I I think I'll be backing Frankie. Um, another one that kind of jumped a little bit for me was Eric Van Royen. Uh, he's yep. been playing playing some good golf lately. Um, nice run of uh, form, a couple of weeks off, and now he gets to go out to LA. So, um, yeah, I think I'll put a few little euro on him without going too much further into details. Just the recent form: twenty fifth, twentieth, twelfth, fourth. His miscut here, Van Roy. Uh, his miscut a couple of years ago was um, was nothing catastrophic, and um, yeah, he's I, he top five in Dubai last time. Ah, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's been playing some good stuff. And broke his PGO Tour maiden in California at the Barracuda Championship. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
So he's uh, yeah, nearly nearly triple digits. But I'm, I'm going to take the places on him um, rather than the max price. So um, moving further up the odds table, one I'm looking. I don't know if we'll pull the trigger on it, but Taylor Gooch or Talor, as you call him, Steve. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Talor Gooch. In, incoming form of uh, a, a win about what, 10, 10 weeks ago. Then uh, recent form is 15th, 27th, missed cut, 20th, break week, and then 26th last week. And his last two, his three times he's played here, he's finished 20th, 10th, and 12th. And yeah, uh, yeah that, that kind of stuff stacks up quite nicely for me. Um, and... I'll probably say I'll I'll get him for I'll get him for eight places. I I see him here on Paddy Power fifty five to one eight places. Mm. So I think this place works to his strengths because Gooch is poor off the tee, relative, fantastic approach play. I'm talking top ten in the world approach play, and he's decent with his scrambling as well. So yeah, I can see that with Gooch. Well, he's fin- he's sitting here tenth in your strokes gained um, tracker. On the overall yeah. ranking. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's That's playing a, good golf, man. It's a nice combination. Um, and then my my bet my bet for the my bet of the week, and there's a lot of reasons I've come to this conclusion, but it's uh, and I'll go through them now. It's Rory McElroy. Mm. This is his last time out, he just uh, just failed to win, went for it with the three wood. Um mm. He's been talking about being patient this year, like following what Tiger Woods has done. This golf course screams needing patience and plotting around and planning away around. And Rory's now got that with this mindset for the year combined with a very recent failure to implement that or from what we would perceive to be a failure to implement that by not laying up uh, on that par five. And he's got an immediate chance to correct it. Um, it, one bad, uh, one miscut here a couple of years ago, oh, sorry, last year, but I don't think he was in great form. He was going through some weird stuff to swing. Other than that, 20th, 20th, 4th, 5th, he is sitting in some pretty tasty positions in your re- rolling strokes gained. He's number one in yep. your rolling strokes gained total. He <laughs> is, yeah, he is third in T to green and he is second in strokes gained around the green. And as we've said, you don't need to be an epic putter, um, but just in case, he's also 11th in strokes game putting recently. So for that reason, I'm picking Rory McIlroy as my top billing, and I really hope I don't jinx him because I've not been doing well with picking golfers recently. So <laughs> I had three mine at the top of the market that I was going to tip. It was either going to be Dustin Johnson, it was going to be Rory McIlroy, or it was going to be the guy I went with. Mm. So you've covered you've covered Rory for the podcast. I mean, is he twenty five to one? I'm saying twenty twos. I saw earlier on, but uh, yeah. And what price? What price has his last two PGA Tour victories come at? Twenty two yeah. to one. Yeah, is that it's that number, isn't it? And you've talked about it a number of times in the pod that he just drifts out. Um, you know, I don't think it's drifting out necessarily because he's playing poorly. Because he, you know, say for that one shot that Barry described, he would he would have won in his last start. What would he have gone off if he'd have won in Dubai? Well, in this field, fourteen, sixteen, yeah, sixteen, maybe, and that's that, that's down to one three wood. I, mean, I don't know. Never here or there. Sure, yeah. No. yeah. I reckon There's he'd have been level with JT, or maybe in between that can. I reckon he'd in that fourteens kind Probably of slot. 14s. Third favorite. 
And he's given himself so much motivation to immediately correct it on one of the mm. courses he just waxes lyrical about. Tiger's there. It's a plotter's course. It, it Everything just is, seems to be fitting into this mm. narrative for the week or, or the storyline I want to build around why I'm backing him this week. But it, yep. uh, it seems to make sense. Like the, the stars are hopefully aligning and I can escape this um, deep, dark pool of crappy golf bets I've been in recently. So... <laughs> I hope he doesn't shoot 76 in round one, Barry. Uh, well, at least at least it's the hope that kills you, Steve. So if he's gone after round one, so be it. Like I can, I can get into the weekend and sweat my other bets if they're still alive too. I so. thought McElroy was a fantastic price this week. I really did. And, you know, I'm seeing him level with a load of books with Cam Smith. Don't get that. Do not understand that. I know Cam Smith's playing... Great golf at the moment, but Rory and Cam, no, I'd, I'd be on McElroy for this particular test. Am I okay to move on with my last two? Mm, yeah, go for it. Mark Leishman, one point each way, 55 to one, eight places each way with Bet Fred on Mark Leishman. Typically under the radar, Leishman, this week. Um, he's actually right now 55 to one with Bet365, five places in the court of the odds because he has been backed in. He's been put up overnight. I just, we talk about Riviera, we talk about top four finishes of previous winners here, or top five finishes going way back to James Harm. They've all had a top five around here before they've won. We're talking about a winning price point that is far closer to 70 to 1 than 10 to 1 or 20 or 16 to 1, which, you know, a lot of these short guys are at. Leishman is right in that spot in terms of a target price. And he's actually playing okay. But you just look at his results around Torrey Pines. It's absolutely crazy. Second in 2010. Second in 2014. One there in 2020, holding off John Rahm by a shot. He's also at a ninth and an eighth at Torrey Pines. $2.85 million he's actually gleaned at Torrey Pines. That's crazy. So do you think he gets on with Kikuyu? Hell yeah. Also with uh, Leishman. It's understated form. 10th at Kapalua, 36th at the Sony Open when the whole world were on him at 22 to 1. 16th at Torrey Pines when, again, the whole world was on him at 40 to 1. And I'm just, you know, this patience thing, you know, we were talking about Ryan Fox. Sometimes I'm, I'm trying to get into this mind state of if you've got a player and you're tipping him up for a reason and he does crap, kind of park that. And if it stacks up the next time around that he's exactly the right player on the right course, just go with him again. So I'm on I'm on Leishman again. He shot the joint best round of the day on Sunday in Saudi Arabia. Six under, 64, only tied by Bubba Watson. So he comes in here off of a very good... And we've seen with these pros, just needs one, something to click, bang, on it. So I'm all over him this week at 55 to 1 with Betfred Mark Leishman. He's had two fourth place finishes here, I believe. Oh, sorry, a fifth and a fourth since 2016. Ticks a lot of boxes. The other one I took in the end at the top of the market. He's actually lengthened since I uh, put him up, so that's that's encouraging. Uh, 25 to 1 now available with Bet365 or William Hill. Eight places with William Hill. Is Xander. You know, it, it was uh, weeks ago we kept saying, why is Xander like third favourite this week? And it's, I can't quite understand... Oh, I can understand his price this week because he's only had one top 10 finish here. But again, you know, Paul, you were talking about Patrick Reed. If you look at US Open 
Course conditions, firm and fast, patience, grinding out results. Xander Schofle is right in the ballpark. Absolutely mm. right in there for that kind of patient game. Yeah? Yep. Fifth at Erin Hills, sixth at Shinnecock Hills, third at Pebble Beach, like that. Fifth at Wingfoot, seventh at Torrey Pines. Those are his US Open finishes. He's had a 9th, a 15th, a 23rd, and a 15th. It's hardly disastrous. Four events, never missed the cut. Best finish was a 9th. Um, he, he, he practices on a Tom Fazio design in, uh, in his base at La Holla. He also won the Olympics on a Tom Fazio renovation in Japan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he was third last week, and these are his numbers. Third for total driving, first for greens in reg, second for total accuracy, and second for ball striking. Eighth for off the tee, strokes gained. Ninth for approach, fourth for around the green. And guess what? First for strokes gained tee to green in Phoenix last week. And he's a bigger price. He's 25 to 1 this week, as opposed to 18s last week. I'm just all over it. I can understand that that, that price is there because he hasn't got the kind of stellar finishes that a McElroy's got or a Dustin Johnson or we go through the list. But I just thought that was a decent price on Xander Schofley. And I know this is a crazy, crazy angle, but I'm that kind of guy. We have seen guys here win who have not won for a significant amount of time here. JB Holmes hadn't won for four years before winning this in 2019 and Adam Scott hadn't won on the PGA Tour for almost four years when he won here in 2020 at 33 to 1. So actually, if you're on a bit of a winless run, not a bad stop off this week in at uh, at uh, at Riviera Country Club, in my opinion. Yeah. So that's us then. We're done. Am I correct? We are indeed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got, got a few. Got a few covered there, chaps. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. In we've covered half the field. <laughs> Just think, we've gone through a Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club and neither of us have tipped up either Dustin Johnson or Bubba Watson. It's a miracle. It has to be a first. Yeah, I I was on Bubba last week and um, I was just disappointed. I, every time I looked, he was kind of 11 feet away, putting for birdie and miss, putting for, putting for birdie miss. It was just frustrating. Yeah, and I know that can turn and perhaps you know, it'll get back to Poana and he'll... Yeah, it'll all come flooding back to him. And if it does, then was he 40 to 1 or thereabouts at the moment? That will prove to be a good price. But uh, yeah, I've left him alone. Plenty won't, I'm sure. Plenty will be on him. You know the season's getting serious when we have a one-event podcast. It's probably one of the longest podcasts we've done in months. <laughs> yeah, apologies that, that, for the length, guys. Apologies yeah, but for the, cheers, the length, uh, listeners. Hopefully the conversation was good because the, that, that's what this tournament does to us. It just makes us excited to talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, I, I can't wait for Thursday. Yep. Looking forward to it. Fantastic. I appreciate your time, gentlemen. I hope your bets go well. Yeah, best of luck. Cheers, boys. Good luck, everybody. Best of luck, listeners. I hope your bets go well. We will be back next week. It's another soulless week on the PJ Tour, the Honda Classic, the start of the Florida Swing. It's been a blast. See you soon. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting